Chapter Six, Part Two of Love Eternal by H. Ryder Haggard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Michelle Eaton. By degrees, however, inklings of the truth began to come. Thus, one day his consciousness awoke, while his body seemed still to be wrapped in trance, and he saw that there was a person present who had not been of the party when he went to sleep a young woman clad in a white robe with lovely hair flowing down her back stood by his side and held his supine fingers in her hand she was beautiful and yet unearthly she wore ornaments also but as he watched to his amazement these seemed to change what had been a fillet of white stones like diamonds which bound her hair turned to one of red stones like rubies and as it did so the colour of her eyes, which were large and very tranquil, altered. She was speaking in a low, rich voice to Miss Ogilvy, who answered, addressing her as Sister Eleanor. But what she said Godfrey could not understand. Something of his inner shock and fear must have reflected itself upon his transbound features, for suddenly he heard Madame Raines exclaimed, Have done! The medium awakes, and I tell you it is dangerous while our guide is here. Back to his breast, Eleanor, thence to your place. The tall figure changed. It became misty, shapeless. It seemed to fall on him like a cloud of icy vapour, chilling him to the heart, and through that vapour he could see the ormolu clock, which stood on a bracket in the recess, and even note the time, which was thirteen minutes past four. After this he became unconscious, and in due course woke up as usual. The first thing his eyes fell on was the clock, of which the hands now pointed to a quarter to five, and the sight of it brought everything back to him. Then he observed that all the circle seemed much agitated, and distinctly heard Madame Raines say to Professor Peterson in English, The thing was very near. Had it not been for that medicine of yours, it was because that spirit do take his hand. She grow fond of him. It happens sometimes if the medium be of the other sex and attractive. She want to carry him away with her, that control, and I expect she never quite leave him all his life, because, you see, she materialise out of him and therefore belong to him. Next time she come, I give her my mind. Hush! our wonderful little brother wake up, quite right this time. Then Godfrey really opened his eyes. Hitherto he had been feigning to be still in trance, but thought it wisest to say nothing. At this moment Miss Ogilvy turned very pale and went into a kind of light faint. The professor produced some kind of smelling bottle from his pocket, which he held to her nostrils. She came to at once and began to laugh at her own silliness, but begged them all to go away and leave her quiet, which they did. Godfrey was going too, but she stopped him, saying that the carriage would not be ready till after tea, and that it was too wet for him to walk in the garden, for now autumn had come in earnest. The tea arrived, a substantial tea, with poached eggs, of which she made him eat too, as she did always after these sittings. Then suddenly she asked him if he had seen anything. 
he told her all adding i am frightened i do not like this business miss ogilvy who and what was that lady in white who stood by me and held my hand my fingers are still tingling and a cold wind seems to blow upon me it was a spirit godfrey but there is no need to be afraid she will not do you any harm i don't know and i don't think that you have any right to bring spirits to me or out of me as i heard that dreadful madame say had happened it is a great liberty oh don't be angry with me she said piteously if only you understood you are a wonderful medium the most wonderful that any of us have ever known and through you we have learned things holy marvellous things which till now have not been heard of in the world your fame is already great among leading spiritualists of the earth though of course they do not know who you are that does not better matters said godfrey you know it is not right perhaps not but my dear boy if only you guessed all it means to me listen i will tell you you will not betray me will you once i was very fond of someone he was all of my life and he died and my heart broke i only hope and pray that such a thing may never happen to you well from that hour to this i have been trying to find him and failed always failed though once or twice i thought and now through you i have found him yes he has spoken to me telling me much which proves to me that he still lives elsewhere and awaits me and oh i am happy and do not care how soon i go to join him and it is all through you so you will forgive me will you not yes i suppose so said godfrey but all the same i don't want to have anything more to do with that white lady who is called eleanor and changes her jewels so often especially as madame said she was growing fond of me and would never leave me so please don't ask me here again on sundays miss ogilvy tried to soothe him you shouldn't be frightened of her she said she is really a delightful spirit and declares that she knew you very intimately indeed when you were an early egyptian also much before that on the lost continent which is called atlantis to say nothing of deep friendships which have existed between you in other planets i say exclaimed godfrey do you believe all this well if you ask me i must say that i do i am sure that we have all of us lived many lives here and elsewhere and if this is so it is obvious that in the course of them we must have met an enormous number of people with certain of whom we have been closely associated in the various relationships of life some of these no doubt come round with us again but others do not though we can get into touch with them under exceptional circumstances that is your case and eleanor's at present you are upon different spheres but in the future no doubt you will find yourself side by side again as you have often been in due course to be driven apart once more by the winds of destiny and perhaps after ages finally to be united meanwhile she plays the part of one of your guardian angels then i wish she wouldn't said godfrey with vigour i don't care for a guardian angel of whom i have no memory and who seems to fall on you like snow upon a hot day 
if anybody does that kind of thing i should prefer a living woman which doubtless she has been and will be again for you see where she is she has memory and foreknowledge which are lacking to the incarnated meanwhile through you and because of you she can tell us much you are the wire which connects us to her in the unseen then i hope you will find another wire i really do for it upsets me and makes me feel ill i know that i shall be afraid to go to bed to-night and even for you miss ogilvy i won't come next sunday then as the carriage was now at the door he jumped into it and departed without waiting for an answer moreover on the next sunday when as usual it arrived to fetch him at kleindorf godfrey kept his word so that it went back empty by the coachman he sent an awkwardly worded note to miss ogilvy saying that he was suffering from toothache which had prevented him from sleeping for several nights and was not well enough to come out this note she answered by post telling him that she had been disappointed not to see him as she was also ill she added that she would send the carriage on the following sunday on the chance of his toothache being better but that if it was not she would understand and trouble him no more during all that week godfrey fought with himself he did not wish to have anything more to do with the white and ghostly eleanor who changed her gems so constantly and said that she had known him millenniums ago indeed he felt already as though she were much too near him especially at night when he seemed to become aware of her bending over his bed and generally making her presence known in other uncomfortable ways that caused his hair to stand up and frightened him at the same time he was really fond of miss ogilvy and what she said about being ill touched him also there was something that drew him it might be eleanor or it might be madame rains at any rate he felt a great longing to go putting everything else aside these investigations had their delights what other young fellow of his age could boast an eleanor who said she had been fond of him tens of thousands of years before moreover here was one of the gates to that knowledge which he desired so earnestly and how could he find the strength to shut it in his own face of course the end of the matter was that by the following sunday his toothache had departed and the carriage did not return empty to the villa ogilvy he found his hostess looking white and ethereal an appearance that she had acquired increasingly ever since their first meeting her delight at seeing him was obvious as was that of the others for this he soon discovered the reason it appeared that the sitting on the previous sunday when he was overcome by toothache had been an almost total failure professor peterson had tried to fill his place as medium with the result that when he fell under the influence the only spirit that broke through his lips was one which discoursed interminably about lager beer and liqueurs of some celestial brew which as madame rains a lady not given to mince her words told him to his face afterwards was because he drank too much hence the joy of these enthusiasts at the reappearance of godfrey with considerable reluctance that youth consented to play his usual role and to be put into a charmed sleep by madame this time he saw no eleanor and knew nothing of what happened until he woke to be greeted by the horrific spectacle of miss ogilvy lying back in her chair bathed in blood 
general confusion reigned in the midst of which madame reigns alone was calm it is hemorrhage from the lungs she said which is common among poitrinaires brother peterson do what you can and you brother smith fly for mademoiselle's doctor and if he is not at home bring another later godfrey heard what had chanced it seemed that the wrath or emanation or the sprite good or evil or whatever it may have been which called itself eleanor materialized in a very ugly temper it complained that it had not been allowed to appear upon the previous sunday and had been kept away from its brother i e godfrey then it proceeded to threaten all the circle except godfrey who was the real culprit with divers misfortunes especially directing its wrath against miss ogilvy you will die soon it said and in the spirit world i will pay you back thrice it repeated this you will die to which miss ogilvy answered with calm dignity i am not afraid to die nor am i at all afraid of you eleanor who as i now see are not good but evil while she spoke a torrent of blood burst from her lips eleanor disappeared and almost immediately godfrey awoke in due course the doctor came and announced that the hemorrhage had ceased and that the patient was in no imminent danger as to the future he could say nothing except that having been miss ogilvy's medical attendant for some years he had expected something of this sort to happen and known that her life could not be very long then godfrey went home very terrified and chastened blaming himself also for this dreadful event although in truth no one could have been more innocent he had grown very fond of miss ogilvy and shuddered to think that she must soon leave the world to seek a dim unknown where there were bad spirits as well as good he shuddered too at the thought of this eleanor who made use of him to appear in human form and on his knees prayed god to protect him from her this indeed happened if she had any real existence and was not some mere creation of the brain of madame reigns made visible by the working of laws whereof we have no knowledge never again during all his life did he actually see any more of eleanor and the probability is that he never will either here or elsewhere three days later godfrey received a letter from the doctor saying that miss ogilvy wished to see him and that he recommended him not to delay his visit having obtained the permission of the pasteur he went in at once by the diligence and on arrival at the villa where evidently he was expected was shown up to a bedroom which commanded a beautiful view of the lake and mount pilatus here a nurse met him and told him that he must not stay long a quarter of an hour at the outside he asked how mademoiselle was whereon she answered with an expressive shrug soon she will be further from the earth than the top of that mountain then she took him to another smaller room and there upon the bed looking whiter than the sheets lay his friend she smiled very sweetly when she caught sight of him dear godfrey she said it is kind of you to come i wanted to see you very much for three reasons first i wish to beg your pardon for having drawn you into this spiritualism without your knowing that i was doing so 
I have told you what my motive was, and therefore I will not repeat it, as my strength is small. Secondly, I wish you to promise me that you will never go to another séance, since now I am quite sure that it is dangerous for the young. To me, spiritualism has brought much good and joy, but with others it may be different, especially as among spirits, as on the earth, there are evil beings. Do you promise? Yes, yes, answered Godfrey. Only I am afraid of Madame Rains. You must stand up against her if she troubles you, and seek the help of religion. If necessary, consult your old pastor, for he is a good man. There is no danger in the world that cannot be escaped, if only one is bold enough. Or so I think, though alas myself I have lacked courage, she added with a gentle sigh. Now, dear boy, she went on, after pausing to recover strength, I have a third thing to say to you. I have left you some money, as I know that you will have little. It is not very much, but enough, allowing for accidents and the lessening of capital values, to give you £260 a year clear. I might have given you more, but did not, for two reasons. The first is, that I have observed that young men who have what is called a competence, say £500 or £600 a year, very often are content to try and live on it, and do nothing for themselves, so that in the end it becomes not a blessing, but a curse. The second is that to do so I shall be obliged to take away from certain charities and institutions which I wish to benefit. That is all I have to say about money. Oh no, there is one more thing. I have also left you the talisman you gave me, and with it this house and grounds. Perhaps one day you might like to live here. I have a sort of feeling that it will be useful to you at some great crisis of your fate and at least it will remind you of me, who have loved and tried to beautify the place. In any case, it will always let, and if it becomes a white elephant, you can sell it and the furniture, which is worth something. Godfrey began to stammer his thanks, but she cut him short with a wave of her hand, murmuring, Don't let us waste more time on such things, for soon you must go away. Already I see that nurse looking at me from the doorway of the other room, and I have something more to say to you. You will come to think that all this spiritualism, as it is called, is nothing but a dangerous folly. Well, it is dangerous, like climbing the Alps, but one gets a great view from the top. And, oh, from there how small men look, and how near are the heavens. I mean, my dear boy, that although I have asked you to abjure seances and so forth, I do pray of you to cultivate the spiritual. The physical, of course, is always with us, for that is nature's law, without which it could not continue. But around and beyond it broods the spirit, as once it did upon the face of the waters, encircling all things, the beginning of all things and the end. Only as wine cannot be poured into a covered cup, so the spirit cannot flow into a world-sealed heart. And what is the cup without the wine? Open your heart, Godfrey, and receive the spirit, so that when the mortal perishes, the immortal may remain and everlastingly increase. For you know, 
if we choose death we shall die and if we choose life we shall live we and all that is dear to us miss ogilvy paused a little to get her breath and then went on now my boy kiss me and go but first one word more i have taken a strange affection for you perhaps because we were associated in other existences i do not know well i want to say that from the land whither i am about to be born it shall be my great endeavour if it is so allowed to watch over you to help you if there be need and in the end to be among the first to greet you there you or any whom you may love in this journey of yours through life look the sun is sinking now good-bye till the dawn he bent down and kissed her and she kissed him back throwing her thin and feeble arm about his neck after which the nurse came and hurried him away weeping at the door he turned back and saw her smile at him and oh on her wasted face were peace and beauty next day she died forty-eight hours later godfrey attended her funeral to which the pasteur boisette was also bidden and after it was over they were both summoned to the office of a notary where her will was read she was a rich woman who left behind her property to the value of quite one hundred thousand pounds most of it in england indeed this swiss notary was only concerned with her possessions in lucerne namely the villa ogilvy its grounds and furniture and certain monies that she had in local securities or at the bank the house its appurtenances and contents were left absolutely to godfrey the pastor boisette being appointed trustee of the property until the heir came of age with a legacy of two hundred pounds and an annual allowance of one hundred pounds for his trouble moreover with tender care except for certain bequests to servants the testatrix devoted all her swiss monies to be applied to the upkeep of the place with the proviso that if it were sold these capital sums should revert to her other heirs in certain proportions the total of such monies as would pass with the property was estimated by the notary to amount to about four thousand pounds sterling after the payment of all state charges and legal expenses the value of the property itself with the fine old french furniture and pictures which it contained was also considerable but unascertained for the rest it would appear that godfrey inherited about twelve thousand pounds in england together with a possible further sum of which the amount was not known as residuary legatee this bequest was vested in the english trustees of the testatrix who were instructed to apply the interest for his benefit until he reached the age of twenty-five after which the capital was to be handed over to him absolutely godfrey whose knowledge of the french tongue was still limited and who was overcome with grief moreover after the sad scene through which he had just passed listened to all these details with bewilderment he was not even elated when the grave notary shook his hand and congratulated him with the respect that is accorded to an heir at the same time expressing a hope that he would be allowed to remain his legal representative in switzerland indeed 
the lad only muttered something and slipped away behind the servants whose sorrow was distracted by the exercise of mental arithmetic as to the amount of their legacies after his first stupefaction however the pasteur could not conceal his innocent joy a legacy of two hundred pound a trusteeship of the most important as he called it and an allowance of a hundred pound for years to come were to him wonderful wealth and honour truly dear young friend he said to godfrey as they left the office it was a fortunate hour for me and for you also when you entered my humble house now i am not only your instructor but the guardian of your magnificent lucerne property i assure you that i will care for it well to-morrow i will interview those domestics and dismiss at least half of them for there are far too many. End of chapter 6, part 2